horse called Longest Day, the number two horse, running in the second race. Put this ten thousand dollars on my baby to win, going off five to one. We'll walk out of here with sixty thousand dollars. Danny DeVito stars in Wise Guys, Wednesday the 13th of May on TCM. That's it. Oh, wait. Forgot how we do it. You, you like, like any juice? You like this 300th juice? The 300th episode of Saturday Night Jive, and we're live for the first time since my brain fucking broke. Well, live relative to... When we're recording, not necessarily when they're listening to it. We're oh, not that's broadcasting true. it live. No, this will be like a month. No, they won't listen to this until goddamn June of 2048. But by the time I get my ass together. What he means to say is we're in the same room recording for the first time in fucking years. I know. And it, how does it feel? It's weird. I, I feel like, I mean, it's it feels different, obviously, but I don't know that it's going to make for a different energy or not. Oh, no. I I don't think it's going to make for a better podcast. We also just watched Wise Guys, and I have literally nothing to fucking talk about. <laughs> for like two and a half years, I've been bitching about, like, fuck, podcasting remote is so goddamn retarded. I'm just sitting there with my headphones on, like, burr, 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 burr. And now we're going to do it live, and I'm like, hey, Wise Guys, I got fuck nothing to say about it. Hey, uh, Captain Lou Albano. Which I would say albino. I guess it's albano. Uh, yeah, al- albano, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's not albino. I mean, if I know how letters work, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Well, it's not like I'm ever looking at it. I mean, I just did look at his name, but it's not like I'm normally just checking the spelling out. Uh, all right, wait. First off, wise guys, because we're watching it in the background now. God damn it, did this piss me off last night when I was trying to watch wise guys and the first fucking line of dialogue. You talking to me? I had to look up... You talking to me? ...how long ago Taxi Driver was from this. Is it possible this is the first movie that actually made this reference? It Impossible. There's no fucking way. Because this is our 300th episode. So we've watched 300 things. And the you talking to me gag has been in 150 of them. I know, but I'm saying those all were made... This was in 1986, you said? Yes. Why Ten guys, years after Taxi but that's, that's the thing. Ten years for something like that to become such a cultural reference that it shows up in a movie like that. I feel like that's reasonable. And I can't, off the top of my head, recall anything earlier than this that did it. I'm pretty sure they did it in 1977, Star Wars. Star Wars did it. Did Nobi want Kenobi go, I'm not the man you're talking to. I got a bad feeling about this. You talking to me? Because <laughs> uh, the, the thing that pisses me off about the you talking to me gag it's just the fucking mirror. Like, nobody parodies it right. Because they always parody it in, like, gangster movies. But Travis Bickle wasn't a gangster. But I think it's just because it's Robert De Niro. Because every time we've seen it, it's been, like, fucking mafia guys. Or cops. Well, it's I've never always, psychopaths. I've always chalked it up to, like, uh, tough guys. It's just tough guys. It's just be it's, acting tough. And also, it doesn't really make sense. Like, it make, I guess it fits in that movie when he does it. Like, it, you, it, you don't question it. But because that's you, the first time you've ever seen it. But every other time, it's just a fucking parody of a movie. But what I'm saying is, if they did it correctly, and it was like a psychopath, like fucking American Psycho, Patrick Bateman looks in the mirror and goes, you talking to me? Yeah. You'd be like, why the fuck is he doing that? <laughs> that's true. Why are they referencing Taxi Driver in fucking American Psycho? 
Because it, it doesn't make sense for every psycho to say that line. Yeah, no, well, I guess every movie has Smash Mouth, every movie has Skunk Sprays. This movie had Smash Mouth, they weren't even a band in 1986. <laughs> yeah, fucking Smash Mouth, Danny DeVito running fucking around the street. Listening to Fush You Mang over here. Um, oh, but the way, you know what I saw yesterday on, uh, I was walking my dog? First thing, I, I've never seen this before, a litter of baby skunks. Were they also in a movie we watched? <laughs> And then Chevy Chase came out and was like, Oh, what's this? And he got sprayed in the face. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, by the <laughs> way, we're just going to skate by the fact that I actually know the name of the <laughs> of the first Smash Mouth album, Push You Mang. Push You Mang? Was that their debut album? Yes, I remember because I bought... Awesome. Well, I didn't buy it. Uh, my aunt, Our aunt, well, sort of aunt, uh, Sally, bought it for us. <laughs> we don't have to go into our whole family history on a podcast. <laughs> but no, that's just the story because... Uh, we were on the phone. We were in Ohio. And they, she lives in Pennsylvania, and uh, she was calling us. And she said, "She asked, like, oh, what, what kind of music do you like?" Uh, you she know. said, "Push you, man." <laughs> well, no, I didn't. We were upset. We didn't. We didn't even like Smash Mouth, but we were obsessed with the name. And Dad was like, "Say Push you, man." And I was like, eh, "Push you, man." <laughs> and then I get him the album in the mail of Smash Mouth's Push You Man. Better best part of that story is that uh, Aunt Sally had to go to some place and go. Do you sell Fush You Mang here? <laughs> she's just at the produce aisle at the Giant Eagle, and they're like, no. And she's like, I don't know. I'm looking for Fush You Mang. For the record, that's the original Smash Mouth album, <laughs> uh, not the one with All Star on it. That was Astro Lounge. And, uh, I think also I, I, think I had that, that one. Uh, no, I, that, uh, uh, Fush You Mang was the one that had Walking in the Sun. Okay, yeah, I definitely had the Smash Mouth album that had Astro. Why were we talking about Smash Mouth? Oh, because every movie was. Because every Smash fucking movie has Smash Mouth. Except Wise Guys, I got a credit. It did not have Smash Mouth in it. Well, you can talk about the music of this movie, which I didn't give a shit about, but apparently you had a problem with. I did, man, because there were parts of this movie that I was kind of digging. I love the plot. We'll get into the plot. Or, I mean, I love the, uh... I love the, the premise start. of the Yes, movie. the premise of the film. It does not follow through on its premise really at all. No, I thought, I, I was getting into this. I was like, all right, I'm into it. But then the score would either be like really dramatic, like does Brian De Palma know this is supposed to be a comedy? I or don't think he does. it would be over comedic, like No, this movie fulfilled the premise of um, a, a fine mess or whatever the fuck that movie was. I did uh, get a fine mess vibes when I was like, uh, when they went to the horse track and betting on the horses, I was like, all right, we're in for some fine mess. When we picked this movie, I didn't even realize until I read the premise afterwards, I was like, holy fuck, we just picked a fine mess again. (laughs) Yeah, we just love watching movies with horse tracks, fucking gambling, fucking Smash Mouth, Skunk Spray. I mean, this movie didn't have any fucking Nazi dodos, unless I missed it. I wish it did. Um, Wise Guys from 1986. Uh, I don't know what to say about this movie. Well, I, <laughs> There's nothing to talk about. Uh, my lead into this is Brian De Palma. Because uh, anybody listening to this, if you listen to my other podcast, Dirty Sons of Pitches, that I do with my friend Nate, uh, we have a record with Brian De Palma movies. We hate them all. To the point where we invented our own format called Nail in the Coffin, where we're like, we're going to do a double feature. We're going to watch the last two Brian De Palma movies we'll ever watch. If he doesn't sell us on these, then fuck him forever. And fucking forever, we've hated everything we've watched. Untouchables, Raising Cain, uh, Dressed to Kill, fucking everything. I remember liking Raising Cain, but that's oh just because John Lithgow's crazy. I mean, it. he's John Lithgow, he's good and everything, but it's so fucking cheesy. Oh, it's, it's probably not a good movie, but like I, all I remember is I like John Lithgow in that movie. I don't remember any of the plot of it. Well, that's another, that's another one that doesn't live up to its premise. Premise of multiple personality crazy guy. 
most of it is just the one personality where he's killing people. It's boring as fuck. Okay, well, I, I, I kind of remember digging it. Um, and I kind of remember, what's wrong with The Untouchables? That's not good? Oh, The Untouchables, I mean, it's another one where it's like the performances are good. Obviously, Sean Connery's great in it. Kevin Costner's great in it. But, like, there's so many things where, like, do you remember where they pushed the guy off the building? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the shot? Yeah, yeah. Where he's going, oh, my God, and waving his hands in the air in front of the worst green screen. Like, every other fucking shot is like that. It's just oh, something really? dumb that you're like takes you completely out of the story, which would be good if Brian De Palma wasn't constantly, because he's always trying to noodle around with, like, I want to make this shot interesting. But just fucking tell the story. But you know where he does absolutely none of that? Wise guys, this movie is... It's the most un-Brian De Palma, Brian De Palma movie. Blandly directed. Um, there, there were parts where... And, and, and I didn't... There, there's parts of it where it's like screwball comedy almost, and I, but, but, you know, that would have deserved like Blake Edwards, like when I was getting to find mess vibes. And then I was getting like Beverly Hills Cops vibes, like, or like Midnight Run vibes, where it's like more action than comedy. Well, I believe it's written by the writer of Midnight Run. Oh, it is? Uh, George Gallo. Yes, yes, he did write Midnight Who Run. Who also, I believe, wrote and directed Trapped in Paradise, which I watched for the other podcast, not, we haven't watched for this one. You How's that? Dana DeCarvey in it. Dana DeCarvey. Dana DeCarvey. Dana, Dana Carvey. Dana I'm thinking, I was mixing it up with David Duchovny, I think. Uh, that, uh, also not good. <laughs> I, I, I saw that when I was a kid. Um, yeah. It's weird recording in the same room. It's like it's the first <laughs> time I've ever done this. Well, now we can hold each other accountable better for the long pauses. I know. Now, normally, I like I know what to say, but now I'm like, maybe it's just because we watched uh, fucking Wise Guys. Oh, but I do want to talk about this because you haven't seen it yet. But uh, in theaters now, at the time of recording, uh, SNL five-timer Tom Hanks is in the... Oh, is that how we're going to justify watching <laughs> that shit? I think it's another one. It's kind of like a fine mess where I'm watching it and I'm like... Fuck, man. I, we gotta watch this for the podcast. I'll be seeing it this week, probably. I mean, it's it's not like... We, you can't really dissect it because it's basically just like an Elvis music video for a lot of it. It's Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. And I but, hate Baz Luhrmann movies. My God. The guy playing Elvis is just like... Bam, 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 bam. And he's like so fucking good to the point where at the end of the movie they cut to real Elvis and I was like, oh, fuck, that's right. I wasn't watching real Elvis this whole time. I thought I was watching Elvis. But then Tom Hanks will pop up and go, Get him unstitched now! <laughs> and you're like, What is Tom Hanks doing? It sounds like he's doing, ironically enough, Robert De Niro's version of Fearless Leader from the uh, Rocky and Boyle movie, like. where he does the You Talking to Me gag in the mirror. It's the most undiscernible accent you've ever heard. And they make, like, there's a plot point where they're like, Oh, we don't even know what country you're from, Colonel Tom Parker. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So, like, I never knew that Elvis had this crazy foreign manager who dressed like a cowboy. See, I always just thought he was Texan. I did, too. So after I came home, I watched the, uh, I went on YouTube and I, I searched Colonel Tom Parker. Guy sounds like a fucking cowboy. He's like, yeah, Elvis was my, I would manage him and I didn't steal his money. That's what he sounds like. But meanwhile, Tom Hanks is in a fucking movie in a theater and he's going like, I did not kill Elvis. I gave him to the world. Now, I don't know nothing about music, but I could see in that girl's eyes, he was a taste of forbidden fruit. She could have eaten him alive. He was my destiny. 
that's weird. Cause well, I don't. Did you ever see that uh, fucking? I know we talked about. It. Probably I don't know if we, we talked about it, but I know me and Nate did on the other one. Uh, that Foxcatcher movie with Steve oh, Carell. Oh my god, that's another one. Where like he's doing this weird fucking voice. I'm like, wow, that's got to be a weird guy. And then you look him up, and he doesn't fucking sound anything like that. <laughs> You're just making up a character. I like to wrestle. Uh, yeah, no, I found my new Foxcatcher because I've been going around the house the whole time. Elvis was my friend. I did not steal his money. I did not. He's basically telling me what's going on. I am Colonel Tom Parker. Like, what the fuck is it? But at the same time, it's fucking fascinating. Elvis is the greatest movie ever made. Doesn't, or the worst movie ever made. I cannot tell. possessed by the spirit of black people at one point? Like he goes into like a revival? Kind of. And he's like, I have got struck by the lightning of black people. I mean, yeah, they kind of basically say that. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's not like Elvis is stealing black people's music. Which is what he like, actually fucking did. Well, but yeah, probably. But like in this movie, it's like, no, it's just like black people, just the entire history of black music just absorbed into this one white dude. I mean, they should have at least had a scene where... And I guess now we're just talking about Elvis. <laughs> That's all I want to talk about. And you well, haven't even seen it. Because there's that famous line. Some radio guy was like, uh, you know, give me a white guy that can sing like Chuck Berry or whatever. Yeah, that's kind of in the movie. Yeah. yeah at least as, as long as they acknowledge that, that they were looking for a white guy who could play black music. It yeah, wasn't that's, just him. That's kind of what, yeah, they hear, his, hear him on the radio and they're like, well, they're not going to put a black person in here. And they're like, nah, he's white. And then they're like, oh, he's white. But man, it's fucking crazy. Because I guess what they're doing is like... Yeah, I just want to talk about Elvis. Fucking Elvis is so good. The guy who plays Elvis. It's like a rocket. Like, bam, 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 bam. And then like little Richard comes out. And he's like, tuna fruta. Huh? And you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, you're just overloaded. I took a weed gummy before I saw it too. So, I mean, I'm... <laughs> that might play a factor. Probably should have said that first. <laughs> but like halfway through, I was fucking digging Elvis. Well, that's the thing, because like, I was about to say, like, ah, oh, yeah, I really like that actor, but I think it's purely on the strength of the Elvis trailer, because the only other thing I can think that he was in was Yoga Hosers. And I'm pretty sure I didn't like him in Yoga Hosers. I don't know who the guy was. We looked, we, me and my wife uh, looked him up on the, on the YouTubes to see what he actually sounded like, because we are like, does he just sound like Elvis? No, he was, I remember he was like on a couple episodes of Arrow, he was like a villain, and then Yoga Hosers, that's the only other thing I know about. Nah, nah, he was, he was great as, as Elvis, and then you're just like... Man, this movie's so fucking good. This movie, and then Tom Hanks pops up, and you're like, "What the fuck am I watching right now?" And I feel like you didn't need the big fat guy goiter chin. No, <laughs> not at all. He could have just been Tom Hanks. He could definitely could have just been Tom Hanks. Especially okay. if he wasn't gonna do the voice real anyway. But there are scenes in this movie where like Elvis is on stage, like a wub bub loob up, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then Tom Hanks is in the back, like he's supposed to be singing a Christmas song, and then he like waddles like the penguin. Me and my wife are watching this like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, well. We're watching Tom Hanks waddle up the stairs after Elvis. So is there a point in this movie where a mobster uh, assigns both Elvis and the colonel to, to kill each other? And they no, have to go on the run to There's, there's very little plot in, uh, in Elvis. What else to talk about Elvis? Um, oh man, Elvis, I guess it's so fucking good, but then also so fucking terrible. But yeah, you're just watching Tom Hanks and you're like, thank God he's in this movie because like, I can't, I'm fucking riveted by what the fuck you're doing. I mean, I've, I've always been curious to look into that because like there's been movies like like the, the one with uh, him meeting Nixon and going on the run and shit. Yeah, none of that's in this movie. 
Yeah, but like I've, I've, that I've always been curious about. I, I, I don't know. Have you ever done a movie where like he actually did fake his death? Uh, probably. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just filling for time now because I don't want to talk about wise. Oh yeah, no, I have nothing to say about wise guys. Oh, they do the the, the worst part. Of Elvis is like <laughs> Elvis turns into Forrest Gump like halfway through the movie, and like every time a civil rights leader gets shot, Elvis happens to be watching it on TV. And it's like Martin Luther King assassinated. And Elvis is like, oh no. <laughs> You're like, I don't need to know what Elvis's reaction to this. Bobby Kennedy has been shot. Oh, Bobby Kennedy been shot. It's like, I don't care, man. Just Let's fucking a... show some Elvis. Who was it? Was it Walter Houston, I think? Who uh, did a fucking jig when Martin Luther King died? Oh, Walter Brennan. No, Walter Brennan, that's right. Um, yeah. Right. Wise guys, let's talk about it. Um, Wise Guys is a movie. I'm glad that our 300th episode we did a Joe Piscopo movie, because... Because there aren't many of them left. Joe Piscopo, man, looking over his filmography was just sad because you got Saturday Night Live. Fucking A-plus comedy, yeah. Saturday Night Live. Then you got Johnny Dangerously. Haven't seen it since I was a kid. Not a huge fan of the movie, but I remember enjoying his performance. I remember thinking Joe Piscopo was the funniest person on earth when I watched Johnny Dangerously when I was a kid. I just remember that being like diet... Abrams, Zucker Abrams. Yeah, I don't... Zucker Abrams, Zucker Abrams. I just remember Joe Piscopo. He's so fucking funny. Then he does this Wise Guys movie. It's kind of shitty, but he's all right in it. I like. I think he's charismatic as hell. What do you think of Joe Piscopo and Wise Guys? No, I think he's... I think both of them are actually good in this movie, and I love fucking Lou Albano. Well, yeah, um, of course. The Captain Lou Albano is our work. History's greatest actor. I mean, and, and, I mean, I don't know. Like Dan Hedaya didn't do much for me. Fucking Harvick Hytel was really boring in this. I thought. Yeah, but Joe Piscopo. Good? Joe Piscopo was solid. He was good. Joe Piscopo was solid. Then after this, he does Dead Heat, which is the greatest. Movie where he should have won every fucking Oscar imaginable. Like they're ripping them out of corpses' hands and giving them to Joe Piscopo for Dead Heat. That fucking guy with the hooks for hands. Or that... <laughs> they're ripping him out of his hook hands. the guy I'm talking about, right? Harold Russell, the best supporting actor whatever the best years of our lives, who had hook hands? Yes. I remember him. I'm sure his corpse is clutching his Oscar at his grave. The hook is stuck in the top of the Oscar. They give it to Joe Piscopo. Well, it's like that fucking urban legend about the hook on the car. It's <laughs> the no. ghost of that fucking guy. That wasn't a ghost. That was Harold Russell, the best supporting actor Oscar winner from 1946, chasing you down in the woods. Uh, um, but yeah, it's a dead heat. Great. And then, scroll down his filmography. Voice on Goof Troop. What the fuck is wrong? Wait a minute. I re- I misheard that then. I assumed it was the movie, a Goofy movie. Not even that, no. the fucking TV show. He was a voice on fucking Goof Troop and then uh, Chuck Norris sidekicks. And then like Two Bits and Pepper. You know, other classic Joe Piscopo films. Have we watched every... Available Joe Piscopo movie? No, there's like, uh, my phone's over there, but there's like Captain Nuke and the Bomber Boys. Well, we, we tried to watch that, but we couldn't find it, remember? I think it was, in, it was in Italian or something. And then there's, um, yeah, there's something else that's in there. But no, we've covered most of Joe Piscopo's filmography. And I've never been disappointed in his performance. Ever. Yeah, Two Bits and Pepper, not a great movie, but his dual performance. He plays farting twins in that movie. And it sounds like we're being ironic. Like, oh, farting twins, we don't really like it. He's genuinely fucking entertaining. That's true. Someone listen, listening to that may have interpreted that the wrong way when I said, he plays farting twins in that movie. Like, oh, 
That's why I shouldn't see it. No, he plays farting twins in that movie. You need to go out to your multiplex and demand two bits and pepper. Remember when we watched the second half of Twins with Danny DeVito for this podcast? Mm. Wouldn't it have been so much better if it was farting twins and they were both played by <laughs> Joe Piscopo? <laughs> Loved that. Um, where was it going? Yeah, so what the fuck happened to Joe Piscopo, man? Uh, well, I mean, I know he's kind of a right winger, so that could have been like, an, like James Woods disappeared from Hollywood. You know, I think they like kind of alienate people. Maybe that could be it. Possibly, but like I remember. He got, because he got, like, really fucking big. Like, after Dead, like, Dead Heat, like... Did he, know? Yeah. Like, remember Sidekicks? He's pretty big in Sidekicks. But he's still, like, the... He's, like, the villain, right? Yeah. I mean, we watched that, too. Why am I forgetting? Yeah, he was, like, in the fantasy sequence. But, like, no, I mean, like, big, bulky, like, muscular. Oh, you were literally talking about physically big. I thought you meant he got, he got like, a celebrity. Oh, like, he that. gained popularity? I was like, no, that never happened. What no, are you talking No, I'm saying, about? like, in Dead Heat, he was, like, fucking, like... I was like, Joe Piscopo should be fucking Rambo. Like, he's like, okay, yeah, okay, I got a little bit of a fucking crush on Joe Piscopo, right? I'm just well, gonna fucking say, say that, but like, I don't, he doesn't seem, of course, he's always wearing long sleeve shirts. You never see him like shirtless in this, but he doesn't seem ripped in this, and this was right before Dead Heat. I just, yeah, and I remember just Dead Heat, like, Joe Piscopo walks out in a tank top, and I'm like, God damn it, motherfucking man, my Joe Piscopo. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> good on you, Joe Piscopo. I'm not questioning this man crush at all. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so fucking, but he got like huge, like, um, he was physically huge. I think he was on the cover of like bodybuilding magazines. I can believe it. And I remember seeing like a stand up comedy routine from Joe Piscopo where he, like, it wasn't funny, but he was just so like, yeah, I like lift weights a lot. Maybe it was just like he was selling exercise equipment. Well, I remember uh, he was in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes, I saw that on his filmography as And well. this would have been probably right, well, probably like 89 or 90. Yeah. Um, and he was a stand-up comedian in a holodeck simulation. And I don't remember him being ripped then, but that would have been after Dead Heat, so maybe it was just the, maybe the clothes he was wearing. I, he's, he's deceptively fucking uh, he sexy, could, Joe Piscopo. He could kick the shit out of either of us. He is deceptively fucking sexy. Even today, I bet you if Joe Piscopo was on Fox and Friends, ripped off his fucking shirt, well, I, I would mean, be like, fucking goddammit, Joe Piscopo. You yeah, watched like, a relatively recent movie, the fucking uh, one where he's putting on the play, what was that called? Uh, oh, How Sweet It Is. How Sweet It Is. And yeah. I, I think he's he was in good pretty, shape. For, for an older dude now, he's pretty, still he's pretty He's in great. good shape. Um, but yeah, like I even uh, realized, or I would see it like when I watch Saturday Night Live reruns uh, with Joe Piscopo, and I'm like, sometimes just being in a tight shirt, and I'm like, God damn, Joe Piscopo, like God, t- guy takes care of himself. That's all I'm saying. Now, this is of course a podcast format, so you can't see George's hand just slowly inching towards <laughs> his crotch. God damn, Joe Piscopo. I don't. I, but like, I just I feel bad because. I think it's just because Dead Heat is so fucking good. Like, it's probably not Joe Piscopo. It's just, I love anyone associated with Dead Heat. Well, that, but no, that's not true. Because I don't respect Treat Williams anymore because you know of that what? movie. If I see Treat Williams in a movie, I'm like, good on you, Treat And for the record, Williams. I don't hate Treat Williams. I think he's a perfectly fine actor, and I, I like him in specifically like action movies and stuff. But, like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not valuing Treat Williams in the same way that I'm valuing Joe Piscopo. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but uh, there's something about Joe Piscopo that I just instantly go like, I fucking like Joe Piscopo. Um, but yeah, poor guy. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? This is this might be our last Joe Piscopo movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're ever going to find that fucking Captain Nuke bullshit. Yeah, no, we tried to watch Captain Nuke and the Bomber Boys. I think this might be our fina- final Joe Piscopo film. 
And our last episode of the podcast, because yeah. why bother going on if we have no more Joe Piscopo <laughs> Gotta cancel the Joe Piscopo podcast. Um, did he ever host the show after leaving? I don't think he did. did no, he? no, no. That he was never weird. big enough. I guess, yeah, he probably was never in a movie. I think it's just, he was, I think he was just a joke. I, I, unless these movies were like huge failures. I mean, I don't think Wise Guys or Dead Heat, either of them did well. But like... They weren't like public bombs. It wasn't like fucking Waterworld. Where well, it, like, neither of us had ever heard of Dead Heat, so we're not even sure how it was released. Yeah, like it may have, it may have just been like one of those quiet movies that just like slipped under the radar, or it may have been like the studio's back in Dead Heat, and then like nobody goes. And wasn't sees it, it like the same year as Ghostbusters or something? Or no, it was, eight, that was 88. Oh, maybe Ghostbusters too. Yeah, I think it was like it came out the same year as something very similar like mm. that. And got drowned out. But yeah, that's it shouldn't be enough to tank a man's career. But yeah, then I think he became a joke because he you know, he wasn't as big as Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was the superstar and it was it was so much like Eddie and Joe on SNL that like even if Joe Piscopo was a little more popular, he would always be second banana to Eddie Murphy. And ironically enough, you know, our experience with both of these actors, Eddie Murphy's been incredibly Eddie Murphy mixed. Those movies are terrible. I mean, other than Meet Dave, I think that's pretty much the only one <laughs> Meet we Dave liked. is the only good Eddie Murphy movie. I mean, I think I kind of vaguely defended Norbit a little bit, if I remember correctly. Norbit had some... If Norbit wasn't as terrible as I thought Norbit was going to be. But, like, so many fucking A Thousand Words, Golden that was Child... Golden Child. Fucking... Oh, showtime. The, Fuck that movie. The ten minutes of Pluto Nash that we watched Pluto before we Nash gave we up. Pluto Nash we couldn't even fucking finish. <laughs> Meanwhile, every Piscopal performance... Fucking solid yeah, well, goal. I'm fucking here trying to control my urge to whack it to Joe Piscopo. Because <laughs> I'm like, ah, I... The I, one episode we're in the same room together and I can't... <laughs> God damn it! We need to go back to remote podcasting. Uh, this isn't going to work because I need to whip it out and stroke it to Joey. And from now on, every episode <laughs> is just us looking at a, uh, a bodybuilding photo of Joe Piscopo. <laughs> the next 300 episodes, we will just be talking about the cover of fucking men's fitness that Joe Piscopo It's like, you know that about. podcast where they just watch Paul Blart over and over again? Yeah. It's just us jerking it to Piscopo. We'll talk about one segment of his uh, men's fitness uh, cover. And so, <laughs> welcome to episode 28. We're on his right nipple now. So, what like, do you think of them areolas? Like that fucking podcast where they watch a minute of Batman v Superman every episode. <laughs> We're just talking about Joe Piscopo's left thigh this week. Call it Piscopolin, because we're pulling a dick. <laughs> All right. Wise guys from 1986. Okay, what's this movie about? Because this movie has a good premise that I think is a, would be a fun movie. I was on board. I was like, this thing is taking off. Uh, right, They're two wise guys. They're like low-level mobster guys. They, like, they're the guys who go out and get their groceries for yeah. the mobsters. And Captain Lou Albano, he's the enforcer. I fucking loved Captain Lou Albano. I didn't know that was him. I was just like, who's this guy? Why have I never seen him in any other movies And before? that's the thing. You're a huge Captain Lou Albano fan. Yeah. I had to point it out to you, and I did, wouldn't have recognized him if I didn't know. Yeah, and then later you were like, is that Patty Lapone?" And I'm like, fuck yeah, absolutely, it's Patty Lapone. I'd recognize Patty Lapone anywhere. Who's who, been like two scenes in the movie. Who's this big fat wrestler with a mustache? <laughs> All right, I liked Captain Lou. He's the enforcer. But then they, um, uh, well... F- Okay, what was the first part? Uh, well, the first part, I actually did like the opening... Well, I was calling it the opening scene, where uh, he's starting the car. I like that, too. They make Danny DeVito... They, they're the schlubs, so they make them start the car because they're like, okay, fucking 
nine times out of ten, there's a car bomb in that car. Maybe it's when he opens the door. Maybe it's when he turns the key. But that's also the start of the weird tonal incongruity where it's like, does Brian De Palma know that he's making a yeah. comedy or a drama? Because yeah. there's nothing funny about that scene except Danny DeVito trying to make it funny. Well, and that was the thing with the um, the music, too. The music of, on that scene is like, really tense. And I'm like, I think we're supposed to be laughing at this scene, right? But you're supposed to, based on the tone of the actual scene, you, it feels like you're supposed to feel scared for Danny DeVito. Right, which... like you think Danny DeVito might die. Yeah. But that shouldn't be the start of a comedy. Well, and that's the other thing about this movie. Like, there, you, you mentioned that it kind of feels like a screwball, wacky comedy. And that's all in the performances of DeVito and, yeah. and Episcopo. But everything else about the world of the movie seems real in a way that is a detriment to the film. Like, I would expect a movie with these kind of performances to have cartoon... Like, the car explodes with him in it and then he just comes out covered in yeah. soot. But no, you feel like if that happens... Like, right now, Episcopo's being hung over a pit full of pit bulls or whatever. I think they're Dobermans. Uh, and it's like... That's fucking... I, I feel like they would literally kill him. Like... Yeah, there were uh, multiple times when I was watching this movie going, like, I I think this was, like, a really funny comedic script, and then Brian De Palma started directing it, and he was like, I'm making a gangster movie here, right? Yeah, and I... But then Danny DeVito and Joe Piscopo were cast, so it just appears like it's a comedy. But I think it's, it's all from inexperience on De Palma's part with comedies, because what I expected with this, and which is the thing I hate about Brian De Palma, is... His noodling, his his idea of like every shot. Of, I think I told that story on one of the podcasts about uh, the plane and the bonfire. Yeah, the plane and bonfire of the vanities. Oh, I'm gonna spend millions of. Do- I'm gonna spend the budget of an entire movie on this one fucking shot just because I don't want to do an establishing shot of a plane landing. Or he did that in Snake Eyes. The beginning, of, like the first twenty minutes of Snake Times, is is done in real time. And that's and it reminds me. Nate and I were writing. That's the only interesting part of that movie. Well, that's the thing. Nate and I were writing a short film for this, one of the. Uh, uh, film festivals we do for another group because we had time because we'd finished ours <laughs> and uh this guy said hey can you write our, our, my movie and we we're like okay well here's an I- our idea and you want to do kind of kind of a crime thing and then we wrote a whole script for you know, it's a seven minute short and then he calls, calls us back like no i wanted to do this all in one shot <laughs> and it's like you get that you gotta tell us that right <laughs> beforehand right so we plan for that but he i wrote a script where we take an eight-hour plane ride to paris but he just thought, like, no, I'm just going to do that with any script you give me. And that's what I imagine Brian De Palma is. It's like, I'm just going to do it in one shot. Does it need to be in one shot? No, but I'm just fucking Brian De Palma, and here's my Brian De Palma dick in your face. I'm going to remake The Godfather all in one take. So it's in real fucking time. Well, we have to sit for the decade-long saga of The Godfather. He, I just needed to do it all in one take. He does it in Dress to Kill. I think it's all one take. There's a sequence in a museum where she's just running through, and I believe it's all in one take. And because uh, it's a Hitchcock thing with rope, and he's a big Hitchcock guy. But it's like, it's so fucking boring and doesn't need to be that way. So I was expecting a lot of that in this, and I got none of it. Yeah, well, not on one take, but yeah, he does, he likes those, uh... Just weird shots, shots, or just shots interesting, and, like, try, just trying to make wow you with it. Like, the every favorite painting show. Have you ever it. seen Blowout? Or is it I've blow actually up? never seen. Well, no, blowout blow is blowout is his. Blow up is the original. Yeah, I liked. I watched that a couple years ago, and that's really like the only because I haven't seen Dress to Kill. I haven't seen a lot of his eighty stuff, but I liked Blowout because it it had all these interesting shots in it, and it had like tension in it, and it's good performances. Lithgow's in it. But like, I can see you're talking about raising. Was Lithgow in Blowout too? Yeah, he's the villain in Blowout. Oh, I didn't know that. He's like just at the very end. He's like trying to kill him. Um, 
But I like that. But yeah, this has like no technical flourishes whatsoever. Yeah, if you didn't, if I didn't know this was Brian De Palma, I never would guess it. Yeah. Uh, well, where were we in the plot? Because well, I mean, we haven't started. <laughs> I think we've talked about the first two minutes. I think, of the, I think I'm pretty sure the plot is Elvis performs and then Tom Hanks <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. runs on stage. Colonel Tom Parker comes out and he's like, "Get that boy on the stage." Um, but no, but sometimes he'll just be Tom Hanks. Like it's so inconsistent. Because <laughs> the trailer, I don't believe he does that voice. He, it's weird. I didn't notice it in the trailer until after I saw the movie. Like, because it, it was so fucking bizarre to go to the movie theater, be watching Elvis, and then Tom Hanks comes out and goes, Hello! And I'm like, wait, what? I did not know that he did that. If I would have known that he did that, I would have been prepared for it. I was not prepared for it. But then after watching the trailer again, I'm like, yeah, he's doing it. I just didn't... You gotta sit with it for, like, the whole movie or something to really appreciate well. how... God, weird fucking bizarre it is. But then sometimes it'll be like, hello, Elvis. And then it'll be like, hey, wear a Christmas sweater. And it's just Tom Hanks' voice comes out of the big fat guy. See, I'm, I'm, this is the first time I've ever been excited for a Baz Luhrmann movie because the last two fucking movies I watched in the theater were Jurassic Park and fucking Lightyear. Oh, that was terrible. And they were both boring as shit. I, I fell asleep in the middle of Jurassic Park. Oh, Jurassic World was bad. Or Jurassic World, is, Dominion. Is there any uh, SNL connections in that so we can talk about that? Because I'll talk about that rather than Wise Guys too. Fucking... I can talk about that for days about how little I have to talk about because there's nothing fucking interesting or memorable about it. I can't. I couldn't describe to you a single action set piece in that film. There were locusts, right? I remember the locusts. I don't remember anything about them or how they fit into the plot other than the bad guys were using them to cause a famine that would affect their business as well. And then Sam Neill and Laura Dern have, are the only two that can stop it. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah. Why? Except for the other group from the other movies like the fucking Chris Pratt or... Chris Pratt, right? Chris Pratt. and I mix him up with the Chris's. And then they meet at the end. They're like, dun, dun, dun. Oh, we don't know each other. Why do we care about this? I, well, I thought about the in the first Jurassic World movie. My own, I liked that one. I thought it was fun. It was entertaining. My only criticism was it felt like the characters in the movie had all seen Jurassic Park. Like Jurassic Park was a seminal film for them. And like it's part of their knowledge like, they wouldn't... Why would they know who Sam Neill and Laura Dern is? Why are they celebrities? The movie Jurassic Park didn't exist. No one was fucking there. Well, there like, is. they don't know what went in... They know the news story, like, oh, that fucking dinosaur park that, like, went nuts. They don't know, like, oh, yeah, remember when you touched that electrical fence? They didn't see it because there's not a fucking movie of Jurassic Park in this universe. The thing there is, can't be. Jurassic World <laughs> would still work as a story if you made it that meta where Jurassic Park is just a movie in that world. And then Sam Neill just pops out of the movie screen, like well, no, Purple Rose of Cairo style. He's not in the first one, is he? The first Jurassic World? No. No. That's the thing. I, I think he's just, I think you just do like that world, Jurassic World, but that's the first one and they based it on the movie, not the uh, real one. I would kind of like that. Yeah, if like in our, our society so fucking dumb, someone saw Jurassic Park, the movie and went, that sounds like a good idea. I Let's think make would, one now. I feel like it would make more sense than we tried to do it and all the dinosaurs escaped. Let's just do it better no, this time. But bigger. <laughs> and with steroids. I, I liked the second one better because it was so fucking weird and dumb. It was basically like a haunted house movie with a raptor. I fucking could not, could not stomach that when I saw it. I, I wanted to walk out of that thing. The third one was better than the second one. I, the third one, I because it had, didn't have anything interesting for me. The, the second one was bad, but in an interesting way to me. This was just boring bad. It was boring bad because, it, yeah, immediately after watching it, I was just like, 
wow, that just evaporated completely. Like, that was not meant for further consumption. I should probably never think about that again. But there were, like, three cool dinosaur fights. I, I like the thing on the ice where the dinosaur was on the ice and going down in the water. I thought that was a fun sequence. There were a couple fun sequences, but, like, completely uh, indigestible. Well, but the scene in the second movie where the, di- the raptor is creeping up in the girl in the bed, I'm that. almost certain... That was for, in an episode of The Critic, parroting Jurassic but, Park and how smart the raptors were. <laughs> and they fucking did it in one of the movies. Yeah, you know, it's like, man, yeah, it's just a waste of opportunity because, much like Wise Guys, there's some good ideas. Which we'll get to eventually. <laughs> the third Jurassic World movie. Because, like, they start the movie off with, like, dinosaurs and humans living. And then I, they're I, like, hey, let's go to a place where that's not happening. <laughs> No. Like, let's spend the whole movie here where that's not a thing. The whole movie should have been, like, dinosaur exterminators. Yes. Yeah, no. That, that's that what the second one teased. I hated the second movie until, like, the last shot where, like, the the guy's surfing and then that big fucking whale sh- uh, dinosaur comes out. I was like, can't wait to see the third fucking Jurassic Park movie. Opening things, it's like, now on the news, pterodactyls are on the fucking Chrysler building. But uh, don't worry. We won't focus on that one bit during oh, this two way, and a half hour the movie, film. The movie begins and ends with the same newscaster just setting up the plot and then tying up the plot. <laughs> like they're watching that news broadcast. Like, by the way, remember that last news broadcast where we're talking about Biosyn? <laughs> well, now they're closed. <laughs> and they're all in jail. Uh, for a follow-up on my news report from earlier in the movie. Wait, why did I say movie? I'm, I'm a real-life person. What? Oh my god. And it's called Biosyn. The company is called Biosyn. Uh, yeah, that was a stupid fucking thing. Um, but Elvis was fucking crazy. Uh, and Wise Guys, yeah, couldn't compete. <laughs> I know. But plot of Wise Guys. Um, all right. So Lightyear. Uh, Buzz <laughs> Lightyear, Lightyear is on a planet. <laughs> but you, but Lightyear is one of those... Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but is it... What's, how, how does this fit in? So there's a real Buzz Lightyear and the toy is modeled after him? Is this that is the on? movie that the toy is based on. Oh, wait, what? So this is just a movie in the Pixar universe? Yes. Oh. So they made a toy and then they made a movie Lightyear. Is this a CGI movie in the universe or is it a real life movie? I, that I don't know. Because it's, I mean, it's a CGI universe, so I would assume it's a live action movie. So from it's a live action movie in a CGI universe. Well, it's... They're all CGI, so they're all live action to them. Like, they see each other as live action. We see them as CGI. So, a live action uh, Andy went to see the live action Lightyear movie, bought a bu- and then got a Buzz Lightyear toy for Christmas. Oh, okay. Um, should this movie have been made at all? I mean, it has, a, again, an interesting premise that it doesn't really follow through on, where he keeps having to leap forward and t- he's testing this hyperdrive, but every time he does, he loses, like, Four years, then eight years. So, like, he keeps missing out on... Like, his friends are getting older and he's the same age. Okay. And then he has to, like, work with the, like his best friend's granddaughter. Like, that's an interesting premise. And then it's not really... not really to it. And wait, who doesn't... Is it Chris Evans who voices Bud Light, Buzz yes. Lightyear? Why doesn't Tim Allen voice Buzz Lightyear? Is there a reason for that? Because that wouldn't that make sense? Well, I mean, he voiced the toy, so I don't know... Okay. I think in universe, would the same guy voice the toy as voice the movie? I mean, didn't Tim Allen voice the real life toy in our universe? Well, also, it wouldn't make any sense if 
if this was a lot, again, in the context of the, the Pixar universe, this is a live action movie being viewed by live action people. Which means Tim Allen is a live action human in the Pixar universe. Tim Allen is, is some actor that did the voice of the toy, because otherwise Chris Evans would be doing the voice of the toy if the same actor did the voice of the toy that played the character. Sorry, my bitch. Or, <laughs> You're tying my brain into knots. Or they would bring in Patrick Warburton, who voiced him in the, in the <laughs> animated series from the 90s. Yeah, it's just... I, you shouldn't fuck around. Why not just make Toy Story 5? Like, just keep fucking make, and making another I'm Buzz Lightyear. I, I got Buzz enough Lightyear. Toy Stories. No, but give me just another Buzz Lightyear that I know. Why do I... I don't want to watch a movie. I, I have no interest in this Lightyear. Not one bit. You know what else I have no interest in? in? Wise Guys. You know what I do have an interest in in this podcast, I just realized? Segwaying to talking about Wise Guys and then immediately talking about something else. <laughs> that seems to be the... <laughs> All we're getting accomplished. So Joe Piscopo's rippling biceps. <laughs> but I'm pretty good at turning the conversation back to wise guys and then immediately getting disinterested okay, so in So the premise that we keep lauding, like, oh, this is a great premise that they never follow through on, we'll finally explain it. Basically, they fuck up because they, they're sent to the track to bet on a horse. And Danny DeVito's character is like, bosses, Dana, Dana Dea's horses have been losing all month. But I know a horse that's a guaranteed winner. And so they bet his $200,000 on his on Danny DeVito's horse instead of the boss's horse, but that happens to be the day that the horse wins. So they're out $250,000 or whatever it is. And they're, they're like, oh, they're going to kill us. And so they, they go back, and they beg for mercy, and seemingly Danny Day is like, okay, we're going to let you go. But secretly, they're like, okay, I need to teach them loyalty. So they, he hires each of them to kill each other. They say, one of you has to die you have to kill the other one. And they tell both of them that. Yeah, and that's the interesting premise, is that Danny DeVito is being hired to kill Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo is being hired to kill Joe or Danny DeVito. And neither of them know, obviously. And they're, they're best buddies, so they both have to kill their best friend, and they're just hanging out like both of them killing each other. But that, that should be the whole... They, then they go on a road trip, but there's they like, never do anything. There's three scenes where that's relevant to the story, I think. Because I, I really like... You got two people, and the, the you know... But yeah, I guess it wouldn't make sense if they're still doing it, because why would they... I, I don't even understand. So wait, Dan Hedaya hired them to kill each other to... What was his end goal? He wanted to prove... Just prove loyalty? Uh, yeah, what, I what does know. that mean? So if Danny DeVito successfully kills Joe Piscopo, would Dan Hedaya go, that's my boy, and... No, I why think... Why doesn't he just kill both of them? No, I think it was... Because he, he says, like... Leo Bano's like, why don't we just kill him? And he's like, no, they wouldn't have learned anything. I want to teach them... Why are they loyal to each other but not to me? I want to teach them loyalty. So I think the idea is one of them would kill the other. Okay. And so the, the dying one would be go, my best friend killed me, betrayed me, and then the, the living one would have to live with that guilt, but then he'd kill that one after going like, this is what you... Really so he's know. doing all of this just so they learn a lesson before he kills it. Honestly, that's probably the best uh, mafia subplot. Well, I guess it's not a mafia subplot. It's a mafia plot. It's just a mafia plot. Um, but that one kind of... It makes the most sense because in most movies it just seems like you know the mafia is just going to kill them you know most movies it makes even less sense because it's like you owe us money so we're going to kill you before right. you give us the money and then they're just out money this time he's already lost money and that's why he's going to kill them but instead of just killing them he wants to just like re really make them realize why he's killing them it's like a sadistic thing which you can buy from <clears> a mafia yeah. that he do something like that no it makes sense and I, I kind of like that and yeah I was just I, I mean the only thing that would make it better is if one of them shoved the giant Nazi horse dildo up their ass and then gained super speed. I mean, that would make every movie better. Okay. God's honest truth. 
Would you like watching better? A fine mess or wise guys? Oh no, wise guys is way more entertaining. You fuck you. Are you fucking saying that that wasn't the obvious answer? <laughs> I'm just saying. A fine mess. A fine mess was one of the most miserable goddamn experiences of my fucking life. A fine mess had a dildo going up Richard Mulligan's ass, and he ran around and had super speed. Wise Guys does not have a dildo going up anyone's ass and anyone getting super speed. So I think, Judge, I'll rest my case. Fine mess is better than Wise Guys. Speaking of other movies that aren't Wise Guys, how hard... Would you shit your pants if next year... <laughs> Not hard at all. Oh, well, the, wait, there's a follow-up? <laughs> when the Flash movie comes out, they change the origin of the Ezra Miller Flash character so that he gets his power from a Nazi <laughs> He's like, hey, Michael Keaton, Batman, we gotta save the universe from fucking Reverse Flash or whatever. I gotta free up my power. Boink! <laughs> and big fat uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Don't worry, I have just a thing to save the day! <laughs> I I'm a cowboy. Bang, bang. I didn't shove the horse dildo up his ass. I made him a star. Fuck, man. You gotta watch Elvis. I, I you fucking gotta watch Elvis. Alright, wait. What were we talking about? Wise Dildos? guys. God oh, damn it. no. Yeah, I thought we were... Okay. So, we got the premise out. <laughs> but that's a fucking funny premise. Two guys... It's a good premise for a drama. Even if it's more a comedy, that would be interesting. Two buddies on a road trip. It's like Miller's Crossing shit. They've both been hired to kill each other. So many comic complications can come from that. Not a one comes from that. Once they run away and they, they say, let's just run away and go on a road trip. Yeah, that's why it doesn't kind of make sense. If they were still trying to kill each other, it wouldn't make sense. Because, like, why are they trying to give Dan Hedaya what he wants if they're running away from Dan Hedaya? And then at one point, I think, ah, okay, I was also, like, barely watching this fucking movie. Well, because there's a point where they're like, we're going to be dead anyway. Well, first they forget. Yeah. Their, I like that they forgot their wives, and they're like, "Oh shit, we gotta call them." <laughs> they go get some whores in Vegas, and they're like, "Oh fuck." They do. They fucking get whores in Vegas. At least one wife. of them is married. But uh, but no. And then I like that at one point they're just like, "I think they're gonna we're gonna be dead anyway. Let's just fuck up this car, paint it pink, spend his yeah. credit cards." It's like they'd only do that if they didn't care whether they lived or died. Right. And then they're immediately afraid for their lives after that. Yeah, and then at one point, um, I can't like I, said, I can't really remember what happened because I was barely watching the movie. But at one point, Joe Piscopo decides that he We're is going to kill Dan. great by the way. <laughs> uh, Joe Piscopo decides that he is going to kill Danny DeVito. Um, why? Because he, he thinks that that will save his life. I can't remember what happened. But at one point, he's going to kill him again, right? Well, it's a combination of... Uh, well, the scene we're watching now in the background... He, Danny DeVito lies to Piscopo and says that he talked to his uncle, who was a big mafia guy who got him into the mafia. Yeah, I didn't follow any of this. And so he calls him, and we see this. We see the other side of the conversation where his aunt, I guess, hates him and wants him dead. And she's like, fuck you. And then he pretends that he's talking to the uncle. What Danny DeVito doesn't know is that his uncle's dead. Okay, okay. So his plan is to go to his uncle, get the money as a loan, and pay off. And he t- that's what he tells Piscopo. We'll, we'll meet my uncle, get the money, and we'll be, we'll be set. But then they get there. They both find out that, that, that the uncle's dead and always was. Piscopo realizes Danny DeVito lied to him. And he's like, fuck you. You lied to me, and now we're all going to be dead. And then that's where he's like, okay, I have no other choice. i got to kill my best friend. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I I was missing bits of setup, um, but that's not the movie's fault. That's just my fault. <laughs> well, there's a, a bunch bad of stuff that member. isn't set up. Like, like the fucking scene, I think you said you liked that scene with like the, the waiter that was like telling him about the shit? Um, yeah, when uh, Ray Sharkey, the 
the angel who takes uh, John Belushi to his past in the movie Wired. Same actor. Okay. Wait, what? Remember the movie Wired? I remember it, but wasn't he like a Hispanic guy? The character was. <laughs> but Ray Sharkey's an Italian man. Was that man. brown face the whole time and I just didn't know? Uh, the guy Angel in, in Wired. Yeah, no, he was played by an Italian guy. So, but yeah, he was doing like a, oh, muchacho. All right, if you say so. Oh, yeah, no, it was a surprise. <laughs> and did you see the scene? It was uh, a racist performance. We just went past it where, for some reason, Danny DeVito was like taking a knife to his hot dog. Yeah. Did you know what he was doing there? Now we're getting in really granular detail about wise guys. I, you know what? I didn't. Yeah. Does anyone remember what Danny DeVito was doing to his hot dog? Hey, comment on the YouTube video <laughs> that we don't post. Because we don't post this to YouTube. Hey, hey gang. Like and subscribe. If you know what Danny DeVito was doing to his hot dog in that one scene in the car in Wise Guys... Email us at Saturday Night Jack Podcast at gmail.com. I think that's it, I, but I ain't going to check it anyway. But you can definitely email us. We if check you it know. every couple of years. Every couple of years, I check it and I get a little smile. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, one email. <laughs> and I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, but I no, but now that you point that out, I did. He's slicing his hot dog long ways. Maybe. To put mustard inside the hot dog. Oh, maybe? was he cutting the hot dog to in order to put condiments? In I think maybe he's gonna okay. put. He's eating it like it a hot like dog sandwich. So I thought he was like literally like putting mustard on the hot dog with a knife. Oh uh, no! I, it looked like he was slicing it, but yeah, I'm guessing maybe he's, he's gonna make a little hot dog. Ketchup I know. Sandwich. I know this sounds like it's a picayune thing and not an important part of the story, but this is like the most important scene in Wise Guys. <laughs> well, you know who probably did that? That's probably Brian De Palma giving him a little bit of business, like. Hey, take this knife, take this hot dog. This scene needs something. This is it needs me- something. It's a metaphor. Crash an airplane into the car. No, Brad but we don't need that much. I'll just take this knife along the hot dog. That'll give Ben something to look at. <laughs> Fucking 30 years later. So yeah, uh, the, the plot goes nowhere. But no, I did like the scene. Because it was so fucking stupid. Where Ray Sharkey comes out, and he what, he's going to give away the game. He's going to tell them both that they're the hitman. But for some reason, never says those words. He just says, like, they're going to hit out on both of you. He never says, oh, and by the way, right. you're each other's hits. Which, again, I thought was where the plot was going. I thought the whole movie was going to be two guys who are you know have a contract out on the other one's head. And it's going to be this buddy comedy. So I like that, that he was like, yeah, no, you guys, you both got contracts on. And then he gets shot before, like, before he can say it. So I thought that was going to be the whole running gag is like these guys never find out. But they're also comically like a spy versus spy thing trying to kill each other and not succeeding. Well, let me ask like you this. There's one scene oh, where Joe Piscopo, like he, he's thinking about killing Danny DeVito. And he sees a bus coming and he's got like his foot up to his ass. And he's like, I could just push him in front of this bus right now. But he doesn't do it because he's his friend. I thought that was going to be the whole movie. And it should have been. But my, my question to you is, do you think it would have still worked or ruined that premise? So let's say that the movie otherwise made that premise work. Do you think it would have worked if they did find out? Before they go on the run, the guy tells them, he hired you to kill you, he hired you to kill you. Does that affect the plot at all? It makes it different, but I think you could do it either way. Because I feel like if they know, and it becomes like literally like Spy vs. Spy, where they're like d- deliberately doing it rather than hiding it, I almost think that makes it better. It gives you more opportunities for set pieces. Yeah, so they're both, so they both know the other guy is trying to assassinate them. Yeah, but they don't know that the other guy knows that 
Because then it becomes like a prisoner's dilemma. Mm -hmm. Like, do I trust my friend or not? Right. No, that would have been a good way to take it, too. Or the way they do it now, or where they they don't know, and then, you know, or maybe they find out later or whatever. But I think either way, that's something I've never seen in a movie. And I still haven't even seen a movie with that plot. Because this movie doesn't do anything with its plot. Also, Chekhov's uh, gun, gun, uh, bulletproof sports jacket. Oh, what? why did that not play a part at the end of the movie? Wait, was that was that real or did he have blanks? I thought that was a joke. Oh, I, I, I could be wrong though. I I could I. I don't remember a line where he says it was a joke. But at the beginning of the movie, Dan Hedaya goes. To, he's like, "Hey, Joe Piscopo, try on this jacket." And then he shoots him, and he goes, hey, look, it was bulletproof. Order me 12 of these in different colors. I don't remember a line where he said, like, they were blanks. I was just fucking with you. I just assumed that was the case, because I don't think bulletproof jackets are a thing. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> fucking wise guys. <laughs> 1986. If wise guys, if Brian De Palma says, hey, bulletproof jackets exist, I'll fucking believe Look, I know you I believe like... Colonel Tom Parker was a German man. You were so flippant about even watching this movie. I came over and you're like, I still haven't finished. I was taking this deadly serious. <laughs> I did. That's how I watched it. All right. So we're recording in person for the first time in two and a half years. I come over to my dad's house where we're, where we're recording now. I had watched 30 minutes of the movie and I'm like, I got time. <laughs> Don't worry. In my head, I'm like, got plenty of time to finish watching. I know exactly what time Ben gets off work and we'll be leaving his house. I just haven't seen my dad for a while. We're talking, we're shooting the shit. And then I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta finish the end of Wise Guys. So I put it on the TV and then Ben comes over and I'm like, I haven't finished. I had like a fucking hour left of the know, movie. Because I had seen the whole movie and he's like, oh, I just gotta finish. And then I look over and it's like, that's still the first act of this fucking movie. But then, don't worry, because I watched the rest of the movie. I still don't know what the fuck happened because I was like, I was checked out for most of it. you don't fucking need to. That's the thing. Nothing of interest happens. They get some horrors, which I was fascinated by because I don't think you could je- you could logistically get a prostitute with a credit card in 1986. Kirk Douglas did it. Well, first off, that was 1998, I think, right? That's true. I mean, credit cards are more... <laughs> American Express more... upped its game in the whore department. I don't know. Well, because they go to like a bordello where I can see they have like a fucking machine. And, like, now you could probably Venmo it, I assume. But, I don't know, it just seems weird that they got to fuck... Because they steal Captain Lou Albano's credit card, and they get fucking whores. I don't think that's a thing. Okay. But you're telling me that that was not possible in 1986. You couldn't get a whore with a credit card. But somewhere in ten years, someone went, We should allow credit cards to pay for whores. Okay, well... And they changed it for diamonds? Because you believe... you, You said you believe it in diamonds. Because diamonds, they go to a defined building, like an institution. It's a brothel. You'd think she's paying some sort of taxes. It's a it's place, it's a legitimate... Tra- and plus, it's in Vegas, right? So it's a legal brothel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is in Atlantic City, where I believe prostitution is not legal. Uh, I don't know that. But yeah, no, you can't swipe your credit card into an actual human being. I mean, I know that. You can't just shove it in a horse I mean, twat. And you be could, like, but it wouldn't take any money. <laughs> she's like, accepted. Um, Whereas now, like, they probably have apps. Yeah, no, you could definitely, you could probably, man, it's so easy to pay for whore. Ah, the fucking I mean, it's, it's not easy to be one because they keep passing laws criminalizing sex work even more than they already is, and it's fucked up to be, it's really bad. We should just legalize it and regulate it, but it's really easy for me as a man with a dick to buy a <laughs> prostitute. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. What an age we live in. You know, they were using pay phones in this movie, too, and I was like, that takes me back. And, then there was, and I was also thinking, 
Eh. Couldn't buy a whore as easy as you could in 1986, poor bastard. Can I just say what was in my head just now? Because uh, they just uh, fucking banned abortion. Or they, they got rid of uh, the constitutional protection for abortion uh, yesterday. As three three months ago, for you listening. Uh, and I was thinking, like, gee, I wonder how that's going to affect, like, sex workers. Like, probably, you know, because like, a lot of them probably are on, you know, getting abortions. And it's like, this isn't the podcast for that question. <laughs> Why do I want to ask that in the Wise Guys episode? How's he, how's he cutting that hot dog? And also, how do you think uh, abortion, the lack of abortion <laughs> providers, will affect sex workers? See, that's why I always hate when we talk about politics on the podcast. Because we mostly traffic in what Danny DeVito does to his hot dog. That's our strong suit. And if I was invited on like MSNBC, that's pretty much all I could talk about with any re- reliability. I have a ba- I this is true. I have a bachelor's degree in political science, and I feel like I'm more equipped to talk about Danny DeVito's hot dog choices than I am anything about politics. <laughs> so, what do you think about the uh, overturn of Roe versus Wade? I think it was a hot dog sandwich of some kind, like a ketchup in the middle, and then you could eat it like a sandwich because the ketchup would be in the hot dog would be on both sides of the ketchup. I feel like you're miming a, a dick and ball. See, this is what you've missed. I think you're still thinking about Joe Piscopo. <laughs> this is what you've missed while we've been remote. My miming. But I don't know what you were miming. <laughs> it was hot dog sides. Yeah, I know it looks like I'm twisting two dicks. No, it looks like you're funneling the balls <laughs> because you were putting the dick in your mouth just before that. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I guess I did. was eating the hot dog. And no, I mean, we started with how dog. fucking dead sexy Joe Piscopo <laughs> is. true. Talking about Joe fucking Piscopo's fucking sexy pecs. Um, you okay. think his dick bulked up too? <laughs> probably. When you get really big, you get a really big. Unless fucking... he took steroids, in which case it probably shrank. Probably get a big muscular we, dick. Do we think he might have done some steroids? I don't think so. I think he was just a good weightlifter because I I, I can't remember who was talking about it, but um, I wouldn't judge him for it. For the record, I'd... it might have been Gilbert Gottfried uh, was talking about Joe Piscopo and how he was he would always work out at SNL. He was always really big into physical fitness, so I think he's just a muscle head. Huh. I mean, more power to him, I suppose. It doesn't hurt his um, acting ability. Yeah, no, I would never defame the name of Joe Piscopo on or this his podcast. Dick. Or his mighty dick. Uh, <laughs> fuck, he's got a muscular dick. Like, if he took steroids, his dick would explode because it couldn't handle any more fucking testosterone. But anyway, on to Wise Guys. <laughs> wise Guys. Um, did anything else happen in Wise Guys that I want to talk about? Oh, can we talk about the scene where Captain Lou Albano was getting pampered by two men? In a hotel room. I was not paying very close attention to the movie. And this is actually the first movie in a long time where I haven't... Because this is my day off. So I was like... Just fucking sitting on the couch watching a movie. For some reason... When we do it remote... I like take notes. And I like... I, I gotta, stopped that we gotta, fucking years we ago. We gotta talk about this scene. So I wasn't paying attention to the movie. And all of a sudden... Captain Lou Albano is fucking butt-ass naked... Getting his fucking nails clipped by another dude. And I'm like... Ben, did I miss something that puts this into context? Well, I have a feeling that there is a whole fucking Captain Lou Albano, Mr. Fix-It movie that just, like, got cut. Because, like, yeah. remember the scene where he's, at, like, eating dinner with his family and it's, like, a big pile of lobster that he's just digging oh, into? Yeah. And they're like, your credit card's been declined. He's got a son? He does. They uh, Who he bought, he bought a bike for. We know a lot about Captain Lou Albano in this film. And and then later on in the scene you're talking about, they mention, like, uh, does Mrs. Fix-It do? Like, he's got a wife? Yeah, he's got a wife and a kid. 
So like he's got a whole fucking like like interior life. Uh, and I would have preferred that movie to the Wise Guys. We got it. Man, if this movie just followed Captain Lou Albano because he's laying in a hotel just naked. One dude's clipping his toenails and the other guy's like, what, he's, I think he's like ironing his clothes or something. And then, but he pulls out a pillowcase and he's like, what's this fucking big ass pillowcase? Them's my underpants. And I think you, you can't see. So he's really? fucking naked. I think he's just got a towel over his, yeah. his waist. And he, and he mentions he, he needs somebody to clip his tails because he's too fat to do it himself. This is a fascinating character that needed to be studied more. Why didn't Brian De Palma read the script and go, if we need more Frankie Fixer? But yeah, but there's that's, that's another thing with this movie, where there are things that just aren't really set up well. Like, the, I talk about the guy, Ray Sharkey. Why is he their friend? I had Why no idea who him? he was. <laughs> no idea. He was a waiter... At the thing, and I thought the mob was making sure he kept an eye on him. I thought he was going to be a guy who followed around Joe, Joe and Danny. I, I just refer to him by their first names. I'm familiar with them. Um, best friends. Yeah, he was going to follow around uh, those two and like report back to the mafia. But then you see him, and he's like, "Hey, psst, come here!" And he's going to give away the scheme. But I guess I think the mobsters know that, and that, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he's going to squeal." Like, well, that's why they kill him. Right, and so they kill him. So yeah, I, I don't know who the fuck that guy was. But the, the thing is, like, it takes one scene to establish they just happen to be really close. They have a scene at the bar where they're f- best friends with the waiter guy. So he, he, has, he has an investment. He has a, um, an inclination to uh, Well, they do kind of do that. Is, do if they, he, maybe I missed it. I mean, not really, but they do have a scene with the waiter where they're talking. But, like, not enough where I would think, like, oh, this waiter would, you know, sacrifice his own well-being Because like, then the Harvey Titel character comes in, and, like, he's like, oh, yeah, we were best friends from back in the day. Like, you just met me. Who the fuck is this, and why, why do I care? Yeah. And, like, he's not an interesting character. He doesn't really add much to the story. He's not funny or anything. And it's just like, yeah, but he's, like, the most important fucking side character now. Yeah, it's, yeah. Ev- like, everything in this movie is fucking superfluous. <laughs> because, again, yeah, they're just on the run from the mob, so they have to drop the, the fucking plot of them... Uh, you know, trying to kill each other. And then they're working on getting the money back. Um, and then, you know, they get the money back, but then there's another double and cross. And that's so, like, and... fucking deus ex machina. He just happened to have money in his mattress. Yeah. No, he goes and he's like, hey, we, we're, we're fucked. Don't worry. There's a whole bunch of, there's a million dollars underneath the bed sheets. Hey, mama. And then you that talking money, to me? That money doesn't even matter because <clears throat> it's just part of the ploy, I guess, to fake his death at the end. Right. Oh, yeah. I forgot he faked it. I forgot how the movie ended. Okay. So all this shit happens that I forgot about. And then Danny DeVito uh, gets shot. Oh, that's because that's when I wanted to talk about the bulletproof jacket. Because they established oh. the bulletproof jacket at the beginning of the movie. And then Joe Piscopo shoots Danny DeVito. I was like, ah, the bulletproof jacket that we saw at the beginning of the movie. No. What happened? Did he have a blank? Maybe it was the bulletproof well, you know, jacket. He mentions it when he, when he saves Piscopo at the end from hanging himself. He's like, yeah, Harvey Keitel set it all up. I, need, I needed him. The, the, the blood bags, the Oh, blanks. right. It was blood bags. Yeah, no, no, no. He, he yeah. does say that. So, yeah, no, they didn't have to do any of that. They, he could, they already set up a bulletproof jacket. Well, the thing is... Give him the bulletproof jacket. I would not be surprised because I believe the jacket he's wearing is like a white jacket, which is the same color as that. I wouldn't be surprised if that was in the original one, and then they just didn't. They maybe they forgot to shoot the reference to it, so they just <laughs> added like they reshot the ending. We say that a lot on this podcast. Like maybe they just forgot. 
Maybe they forgot that they were being paid to do a job. Dude, you would be fucking surprised how often that happens in movies. But I'm sure it fucking happens all the time. And someone's like, hey, did we get that shot where he puts on the bulletproof jacket? We didn't? Fuck, our whole movie kind of depended on that because we needed to set that up. I guess we just... Eh, fuck it. It doesn't make sense. Well, that's that's why... Well, I mean, they have a whole person that's just there for continuity right. on those sets. And that's why so many movies are so much ADR. It's to clean up shit like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fucking stupid. People are so fucking bad at their jobs. Um, I'm great at my job. I don't make movies, but, you know. <laughs> um, or maybe it's not. But obviously, it's some kind of mistake. Well, I guess it's not a mistake. They just did, they just set up a Chekhov's gun that, I guess, literally did fire in the first scene, but just didn't come back well, to fire Well, but then they set the up end. Chekhov's bulletproof vest, which didn't. Chekhov's gun fired. Chekhov's bulletproof vest did not fire. But then the, the weird thing is, because they have a really good setup and payoff at the very end of the movie, where the very first time you see Dan Hedaya is he puts up a cigarette to his yeah. mouth and they all light his cigarettes. And then he's in a room full of gas and you go, oh, he's got a cigarette. And I know what he does. He puts the thing, everybody listens. It's like a mirrored shot. Yeah. Perfect setup and payoff. But you couldn't fucking remember that you established a bulletproof yeah, jacket. Yeah. You, you need more. You need more than just one. Because the bulletproof jacket scene makes very little sense just as a standalone joke. It feels like something you were writing backwards. And put that in there to justify it later. It's just, it's only there to show that Dan Hedaya thinks these guys are completely worthless. Because he, he shoots Joe Piscopo to uh, test his bulletproof jacket. So he doesn't care if he lives or dies. And then he sends Danny DeVito to go start his car. So it's just to prove that Dan Hedaya does not give a shit about these guys. And yeah. if they died, he wouldn't care. But a smarter script would have used it. And then he, at the end, he's like, I had the bulletproof jacket the whole time. And I was like, yeah, I freaking forgot about the bulletproof jacket. That's a nice Chekhov's gun. You set it up in the first scene. It fucking plays off at the end scene. And you're like, I wasn't thinking about it. But now I am because a guy got shot and he wasn't wearing a bulletproof jacket. By the way, I don't think it is a Chekhov's gun if it is paid off. I think it's only a Chekhov's gun if it doesn't fire. Because that's the warning of Chekhov's gun is don't introduce a gun in the first act if you're not going to fire it in the third act. I think if you introduce a gun in the third, first act and then fire it in the third act, it's just a gun. Well, I know it's just a script writing term, but every time we talk about Chekhov's gun, I am literally thinking of a gun. But here's my thing. the way <laughs> It says Chekhov on it. The way and a character picks it up and goes, click, click, click. Not yet. But here's the thing. Everything in movies is setups and payoffs, so the way you That's talk true. about Chekhov's gun is literally just any plot element is a Chekhov something. <laughs> That's true. You have to, for something to pay off, it needs to be set up, so everything is a Chekhov's gun, just some of them don't fire because... No, I'm, what I'm telling you is not everything is a Chekhov's gun, only the ones gun. that don't fire. Well, oh, okay, I guess. The ones that fire are just guns. <laughs> That's true. It's just a gun. Is it a Chekhov's gun? No, it fucking murdered someone. It's just a fucking gun that went off. Uh, but yeah, no, it should have been a bulletproof jacket. So Danny DeVito, he fakes his death somehow. And then he comes up to Joe Piscopo and he's like, hey, I got the money. Joe Piscopo is like fucking brooksing himself from the Shawshank Redemption. He's about to kill himself because he feels so much guilt. And then Danny DeVito just comes up and says, ah, I faked the whole thing. And then they have this comic weird thing where Danny DeVito is hanging off of Joe Piscopo while Joe Piscopo is hanging from his neck. Did you think that was funny? 
No, it wasn't. I don't think suicide's funny. I don't think it was set up to be funny. At least from Brian De Palma's point of view, he's like, this is a man might die. He's, this is a suicide. Oh, okay, okay, so that's a fault in direction. Because it looked so. like a comic set piece built around suicide. But every time they do that in a movie, I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's fucking funny. Well, no, because he also, he falls and like is choking and almost dying. And yeah. So it's not like I'm going to hang myself, but at the last minute, something, like it's past the last minute. It's just a weird way to end the comedy. Uh, and so, yeah, then they just, they get But there's stuff I liked within that. Like, I liked that he's he's got the money and he has exactly the same, Im- well, we don't know at the time that he's faking his death, but he has the same impulse that he did at the track. He's like, I got all this money. We got our out. We're, we're, we do this and we're done and we're safe. But I got to bet it all on black. <laughs> That's a fun character moment. But then it's invalidated by the fact that it's all a ruse. Yeah. No, uh, this... That's why I hate faking death in movies. Because it's like, oh, we just undid everything interesting we just did. Yeah, this this was not a good film. No, it was not. Uh, I don't blame, I guess, people for staying away from it. Did you read the IMDb trivia? Cause Some of it. I read, or this morning. and then I. The one where they showed, it, they showed it to Billy Wilder. And he said... I did read that. <laughs> they were like, do you know how to fix this? Billy Wilder, director of some of the greatest movies ever made. And he goes, it was a piece of shit. I don't know how to make it less of a piece of shit. It's still going to be a piece of shit. <laughs> and God bless you, Billy Wilder. I agree with you 100%. Well, apparently uh, Roger Ebert thought this was one of the best comedies of the year. No. <laughs> no I, was, I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. I was about to say, I did, I did laugh really hard at the scene... The wise guys are after us. Uh, I did laugh really hard at the scene where they're in the church and the guy says, do what I did or do what I do. Oh. And then he gets shot. And then they like Simon says, like they're, they're yeah, minding him getting shot. Me and dad both got a kick out of that scene. I, I think it's just, a, I think so much of the movie isn't funny, like on purpose. It feels very grounded. Yeah. It needed to be more farcical. Oh yeah. No, this movie needs to be crazy wacky. Um, this movie needed the tone of uh, a fine mess. The better parts of a fine mess, because a fine mess was kind of the same way, where it's like it just didn't have the jokes to sustain the tone. Yeah, no, you put the jokes in the of this, because this movie, I like, I wanted it to be so good because I like both the actors, I liked the premise, but it's just so lifeless and dull. But yeah, if if these guys were in a fine mess and getting Nazi dildos up their ass. I think we well, would have found the greatest movie ever made. It also just, it feels like they're in a completely different movie than everyone else. Yeah, they're well, acting. Them and Lou Albano are in a wackier movie. Oh my god, and I think this came out the same year as A Fine Mess, so we would have fixed a lot of our world's problems if we just swapped casting. Danny DeVito and Joe Piscopo in the Nazi dildo movie, Ted Danson and Howie Mandel in this piece of shit. Well, that's like, you know, like TV shows set in parallel realities, like Fringe, they... they they're walking out of a movie theater, but it's Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. <laughs> There's like a parallel reality somewhere where fucking Joe Piscopo is getting a Nazi dildo in his ass. Oh man, why can't I just slide into that reality? And why can't that dildo be my dick? <laughs> <laughs> also in this universe, I am sexually attracted to men. I'm sorry, I can I just say I got that wrong. There's no way you're topping Joe Piscopo in this scenario. Fuck no. <laughs> What do you think Joe Piscopo is going to do if I come at him with my fucking dick in my hand and I say, hey, Joe, hey, Joe, what do you want to do with this? He says, put that little piece of shit away. Bend over. Frankie's fucking you tonight. My kind of asshole George Bailey's is. Ooh, my kind of asshole. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> it won't happen any other way. I like the synthesis of the different references. <laughs> But 
anyway. <laughs> Gonna title this episode, Please Fuck Me, Joe Piscopo. Alright. Anything else to say about wise guys? Here's, uh, this is what we do on the podcast. And you know what? I think doing it in person made me realize... That we shouldn't do it again. We probably shouldn't be doing it. But the thing about it is, I think what happens is, yeah, we watch the movies remotely and then we record remotely. I forget that it doesn't have to be, we don't have to talk about wise guys. But for some reason, there's some days where I'm like, fuck, we have to talk about good boy. I watched it, I took notes, we need to analyze good boy. And I'm trying to like, uh, we could talk about whatever. Good boy brought us here. But we don't have to talk about that. I also boy. think there's more. I think you feel more pressure on you because often, because normally we record. This happened to be my work day on Saturday, but normally we record on Thursdays, which which you work, but I don't. So I come at it kind of loose. But you're like, I fucking watch this in between shitty meetings. I, I've stopped, I've tried to stop doing that. I try to watch it at night, uh, like when I'm not on the clock. But I do like I take notes. I'm like, I gotta remember to talk about that. Gotta remember to talk about that. I had fun talking about wise guys. Because we didn't talk about the shit I didn't care about in Wise Guys. Which was most of Wise Guys. So that's what I gotta remember. Just talk about the shit I like talking about. I didn't catch that part. He predicts the exact, he says 28 black as he's walking by the craps table. That is craps, right? Uh, roulette. Roulette. Sorry, I don't know games. Uh, but that must have been set up as well by Harvey Keitel just to convince Joe Piscopo that he was on a luck roll. There's no way it... Just happened to land on Twenty Eight Black. He must have known in advance, which says all these games are rigged by Harvey Keitel. Oh, they are. Well, because remember, all this turns out to be a ruse. That's true. To fake his death, I think part of it is introducing the oh, idea yeah. that he's lucky by saying Twenty Eight Black, unless that was a coincidence. Well, because there was something about that in the IMDb trivia too that I um, <clears throat> I read the IMDb trivia before I watched the movie, so it, it didn't make sense until just now. But there was something about like a casino boss wanted to change the script because he didn't want the casino boss to be involved with the mafia. Well, it was the guy who owned the casino they filmed at. Right, right, And right. he didn't, yeah, he didn't want him to be involved because he said like, there's no way a casino operator would be involved with the mob. <laughs> <laughs> Never gonna happen. Um, all right. I so think any, that's it. anything else to say about wise guys? Okay, now that I see Nothing. it, his jacket is in no way the same jacket. No, he is not wearing the bulletproof jacket. I remembered it being whiter than it was. No, so I just, yeah, that is a, or maybe it's a mislead. No, it could, can't be a mislead. It's just, they set up a bulletproof, maybe it just wasn't a setup. Not everything's a setup. It's either. either a reshoot of this sequence, or it was never a thing, and they just never thought of it. Because it was just never a thing. Brian De Palma's a shitty storyteller, as I've known for years. And he didn't write the script, did he? No, but he's a director, he's responsible for everything. In that moment, I watched that skinny boy transform into a superhero. Alright, so we are at the part where we are going to spin this wheel and pick a movie or something that we're going to watch. And since we're doing this together, oh. Ben, are you excited to see the wheel? I saw it once before it crashed your computer. That's true. Sharing screens doesn't... my computer freaks out. So, here we go. In I like how important it was for you to, meet, to see this. For me to see this. Look at a wheel! Look at how much fun it is. They do send me this one because I don't do this photo yet. Is there a limit to how many things you can add? No, I, but if you clear your cash and cookies, they go away. Oh, that's why well, never do that. Much. Billion for Boris? What in the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't remember. So you don't have a thing where it tells you like why you put it on there, like a little text that says this has dated. Uh, no, I just I just put the poster on. 
are we? Why are you wasting time searching for this? I'm not gonna. I'm gonna tell you to spit again. God damn it! Are you sure? Tim Kazarinski, starring in uh, a movie about three New York City kids fix a broken television and discover it now receives tomorrow's broadcast. What? Okay, I am officially sold on this. It's in, it's a future TV show. Uh, Are we gonna find this? That's true. We would have to look for it. 1984. The movie is called Billions for Boris, starring Tim Kazarinski. <laughs> and he, oh you no, know what? it's always Tim. How many fucking movies did Tim Kazarinski do that we get him so fucking much? Tim Kazarinski has Bart. Must be a, a young Seth Green stars in this movie. Um, he was a prolific child actor. But yeah, that's all we get on it. Uh, Seth Green's future, film debut. I'm sold. Okay, I mean, I would want to watch this, but uh, let's see if we can, can we find, find it. it? That, this sounds like something that you're gonna find free on YouTube. Uh, it's on the oh, internet archives. It's on the internet archives. Which uh, that's how I watched Shin Godzilla recently, which is like a relatively recent movie. But all right, yeah, billions for Boris. This is it. Okay, well, let's let's <laughs> again. I did. I know. I just said like it. Even if we watch another doggone, like my brain can handle it because I know we don't. I don't have to fucking take notes on it, but. Will I even enjoy spending my goddamn 90 minutes watching this? Let's just look for a trailer. There's no trailer. <laughs> Would they have cut a trailer for this? What did this, was this, a, this wasn't theatrical, was it? I don't know. What, 84? There wasn't like HBO then, was there? What else would it have been but theatrical? There really wasn't a home video. Maybe been a then, TV movie, maybe. Oh, I guess, yeah. TV existed there's, in the 80s. There's no trailer for this movie. We either need to watch this sight unseen. <laughs> okay, are we kamikazeing billions for Boris, or are we spinning again? In all fairness, the, I... I mean, anything taken out of context makes the movie look great. <laughs> See, but this is where we falter, because we're dumb. I mean, the musical soundtrack and the alone is getting, this is getting me hard like you and Joe Piscopo. I mean, it looks like a bad movie. In fairness, I, I remember putting this on the wheel and the only reason I did it is because it sounded like it had a monkey in it. Like, Billions for Boris just sounds like a fucking monkey like movie. Like Bedtime for Boris. Yeah, I was just like, oh, Billions for Boris, that's got to be Tim Kazarinski and a monkey Look, <laughs> putting it on the list. I say we give it one more spin, but okay. I, this is totally an option for me. All right, all right, let's spin. Billions for Boris, readily available, I don't have to hunt for it. Or... The George Carlin episode of Saturday Night Live. This is the one where he hosted later on, This right? is where he hosted in the 80s in the Martin Short Billy Crystal season. Oh. Did he ho didn't he host when he had the sitcom, like in the 90s? No. He hosted twice. Once, first episode, second in the 80s, where he was just promoting, like, stand-up. Oh. Okay, I mean, is there anything particularly interesting about that episode? It's just a funny, it's just an uneven episode of Saturday Night Live, but you I mean, probably enjoy it because it's George Carlin. Is it more interesting than Billions for Boris? <laughs> I don't know. All right, one more spin. Do, do you feel like we abuse the extra spins? Oh, I feel absolutely. like we abuse the extra spins. <laughs> yes. I feel like it's takes... Meatballs, which we've already denied. Okay, one more spin. I should have hit Meatballs because we already spun Meatballs and said we didn't want to watch it. Uh... Very little toast to go to Mars. 
Fuck you, no. We already watched one of those goddamn things. <laughs> but in this one, it goes to Mars? Come on. You no. know you gotta see how the Brave Little Toaster goes to Mars. I know I've gotta never see that in my entire entire <laughs> You know. Life. Can you fathom an explanation of why the Brave Little Toaster would go to Mars? I don't know, probably his fucking owner became an astronaut, and I gotta save him again. <laughs> and he built a... Now, you don't want to watch that movie? Still no. I'm still billions for Boris. You want to keep spinning, keep I'm, spinning. I'm more brave little toaster goes to Mars. Fucking really? Let's do, like, five or six spins, see what the... We, I, I feel have... like you don't remember how shitty that movie was. I don't think we came away from that podcast going, like, we need to see the rest of them. But I liked talking about it. Holy Man starring Eddie Murphy. That is a. We, I know we just talked about how the Eddie Murphy movie sucks. I but. know. Hey, you know what? And that would be perfect to uh, juxtapose with the Joe Piscopo. I just spent a whole podcast wanting to suck Joe Piscopo's dick. Now we transition to Eddie Murphy, his uh, successor on uh, SNL. And I'm sure I'm going to hate this piece of shit. I mean, I'm actually up for it. I've always been curious about it. I think I might have saw it when it came it. out, like years ago. But it's such a weird fucking movie. It's like a. He's a shaman that sells shit on TV or something? I think he's like a guru, like a light, like a Deepak Chopra type. And then they hire him to sell shit. But I think he's legit. Yeah, I think they're just taking advantage of I think of he him. doesn't realize what he's doing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a shyster in it. But you would think it would be. Like Eddie Murphy as a guru, you think immediately. You think like the distinguished gentleman, like, you know. He's, gonna be, he's a full of shit guy, but I don't think that's the plot of the movie. Which that would be an interesting twist if the end of the movie like, oh, I was full of shit. That I was full. <laughs> no, what you saw, what you thought from seeing the poster of this movie? Yeah, that's what the movie was. Uh, I'm up for that too. Holy Man or Billions for Boris? All right. I am a hundred percent not up for Brave Little Toaster. Just about. All right. Billions for Boris. Holy Man. But we can just see, we can use the wheel as options. There's also a lot of shit on the wheel. The Brother Solomon. I think I deliberately had you put this on the wheel. You did, yeah. Because you said we should watch this. I've always, this is a movie that I'm fascinated by just because it seems like... It's like a bad movie that nobody saw. Like, it came out and then disappeared. I've, I've seen it twice. <laughs> and I hated it both times. But I've always been curious about it. But, I mean, I'm willing to say no to that. I mean, I hated it. I remember hating it. But I don't remember any specific reasons why I hated it. I just remember hating it because it was a bad comedy. I mean, I don't... Do you think it would be interesting to watch? No. <laughs> do I think it would be interesting to talk about? No. <laughs> but then could I, we watch it and then talk about something for an hour? But yeah. see, this is where I go back to Billions for Boris. There is no way that podcast isn't going to be interesting just because of how fucking obscure that movie is. That's true. We would be described... Well, Wise Guys is a movie no one's ever seen either. I've heard of it, though. I, I guess know I have of heard it. of it. And I pretty much figured it would be mediocre because it's a Brian De Palma film. Yeah. Then why did we choose to watch it? What did we do wrong last time? When we picked Wise Guys, that we could do right this time. We got Wise Guys. And by picking the, the Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Both of us imagined Joe Piscopo naked flexing and went, we gotta watch that. That's true, that's true. But it is getting hot now because we had to turn off the air conditioner, so... Brother Solomon, Holy Man, uh, Billions for Boris, Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Okay. Out of those four... <laughs> out of the three, because we're not putting Brave Little Toaster <laughs> on that fucking list. Uh, and one more spin. Oh my god. Fucking one more last spin, I promise. Because uh, we got three viable options. Four if you count Brave Little Toaster. I do not count it. Uh, or the Winers, which I I should have hit. I, I guess I keep forgetting to hide them from the wheel after they come up. Uh, I don't want to watch the Winers. Um, okay, I was going to say, it is Piscopo. It is a Joe Piscopo recurring character. 
I mean, I'm hard again just thinking about it. Do you want to... I would... Okay, i add that to the possibility list. Because now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, we could watch a Joe Piscopo recurring character. I'd rather watch Paulie Herman if we do a Joe Piscopo. Didn't I, we already watch a Paulie Herman sketch? In an episode we watched, yeah. yeah. So huh? we, we would save ourselves having to watch one sketch that we've already seen. How many <laughs> are there apart from that? Oh, probably five. Five Polly Herman sketches. Yeah, the uh, Polly Herman, if you're unfamiliar, is the I'm from Jersey, are you from Jersey guy. Which I only know because we saw that episode. Because we watched one episode with him in it. I mean, Bedtime for Boris, Bedtime for Boris, Billions for Boris, it's a kid's movie from the 80s. It's probably short. It's probably like 90 minutes. It said it was an hour and a half. Come on. Billions for Boris. Brother Solomon. Billy. Okay, so let's just do it March Madness style. Billions for Boris or Holy Man. Billions for, Billions for, Boris. for Boris. I'm in agreement. Billions for Boris or the Brother Solomon. I'm still Billions for Boris. I think I'm still Billions for Boris. Billions for Boris or the Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. I'm a hundred times Billion for Boris. Okay, well, we are in disagreement for this. <laughs> this plan this plan doesn't work anymore. All right, so Billions for Boris versus uh, Paulie Herman on a Saturday Night Live. Um, this is a question I don't think we can answer. Does he get AIDS at the end of it and die? Because then I'd be excited. But otherwise, Billions for Boris. Alright. Billions for Boris. Alright. So for the 301st episode of Saturday Night Jive, we will no. be watching Billions for <laughs> Boris, a movie we know nothing about except that Tim Kazarinski is in it, and Ben is like, I'm all on board for this plan. I'm sorry, I heard time-traveling television? It, they do get a TV that tells the future, so... I it's mean, an inter- intriguing plot. Intriguing plot. It's pro- It's 90 minutes. It's a... Dumb kids movie we've never heard of. The audience has been demanding we watch Billions from Boris for the past 299 episodes. That's why someone put it on the Internet Archive. You know that's why. You know somewhere in this universe, somewhere in this world, I don't want to say universe, someone physically on this planet decided one day, man, they're going to they're gonna come across Billions for Boris. I know it's got Tim Kazarinski in it. I know the rules of their podcast. I better put this online for them. Well, you so know, thank you. If you checked your email, you know. <laughs> I'd see a bunch of emails from a guy demanding billions for Boris. Yeah. Hey, didn't you not get my last hundred emails? Billions for Boris. I put it online for you. I've done all the legwork. Also, I'm outside your window. <laughs> Jerk it off. You're but, my Joe Piscopo. But you know, that's not, that's not, that's, it's not like that's never happened. Because remember that happened with Hail Caesar. We wanted to watch that shitty Anthony Michael Hall movie, but we couldn't find it. And then all of a sudden, randomly, it was like, hey, do you want to download Hail Caesar? It's available on this streaming site. And I'm like, I guess. I just, like, you think that, like, like the cult from fucking Hot Fuzz is, like, <laughs> secretly manipulating our lives and being like, we're going to put this in front of him. I think that all the time now, honestly. Well. There is some shit that happens to me where I'm like, this has got to be a bit. Maybe he's like a, like a guy at Google, because like every time I say shit, my Google phone hears me, and then like rec- Google recommends that shit to me. Did I tell you, yesterday, I was on a walk, and I saw five baby skunks? Yes, you did. When's the, when would that ever fucking happen? So no, you, that is Ed Harris up in the dome going, release the skunks. <laughs> Bring out the skunks for this stupid son of a bitch. It's sweeps week. We need baby skunks. No, I always think everything I see in life is like someone controlling me. Well, apparently, <laughs> the fates, or I don't know, the, the what was that fucking shitty Mike Myers show with the five people that control the world? 
The Penteverit or whatever? What? Oh, is that what that's about? I haven't saw it. I yeah. haven't watched it. Maybe they're the ones monitoring our podcast. All right. Well, billions for Boris next week. I think that's our business on the shed. <laughs> We've Our podcast about wise guys is now just as long as the movie Wise Guys. And we, we watched the entire fucking Wise Guys movie in the background. God damn it. And we didn't talk about Wise Guys once. So if you listen to this podcast... I mean, wrap your fucking head around that. I hope you're a fan of us and not Brian DePaulman. <laughs> I hope there's some Brian DePaulman fans who are like, he didn't. Well, they did talk about the time Danny DeVito cut into his hot dog. That, that's the one thing I wanted them to mention. He fucked a whore and he cut a hot dog. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> uh, I was studying some Brian DePaulma shots, but at least they covered the knife to the hot dog. All right, so. With that, I guess. Get off the shit! The fathers had stocks and bonds, so I fucked them up and left them floating in a pond. Custom made clothes from head to toe. Catch Joe at the fight, sitting in the first row. Everybody follows when I'm ready to go. No need to show off, they already know I'm a wise guy. I'm a wise guy. It's a bitches that it gets you. Stop by with a couple of guys.